Good morning, Malin. It's my news reporter. Good morning. Wow. Malin Podcast. I am Brett Merriman. To my right, the lovely Sally DeFreeze. Sally, what's going on? Well, we're recording this at a, a brisk 8 a.m. Early, early morning mail. Because I'm about to go out of town and I was working really long shifts. The Three twelves. Three twelves. Oof. I used to do that all the time. Like I forgot that when I worked in the ICU, mm-hmm. I used to do that. And like yesterday, my legs were on fire. Just a workout. Yeah, I didn't work out the past three days either. Are you much of a morning person? Um, I'm not not a morning person. I I used to not be, but now I'm like so used to waking yeah. up at six. Being a mom probably changes that. Yeah. I And I used to kind of be a night owl, but now my bedtime is like 9 p.m. I literally <laughs> the past three nights, especially because I've been working and I would be like so exhausted. I get home at like 8, 8 p.m., like make dinner really fast not even see Fritz. He was already in bed and then get into bed, read on my Kindle and fall asleep mm. by like nine. Wow. That's true old lady shit. Yeah. That's, that's grandma stuff. And Will's like, what do you make for dinner? Like a, uh, a mashed potatoes and no, la- no last night we've made King Ranch chicken. Ooh. Like already prepared. That's a very Texas meal, right? Yeah. I've never had it before. It's essentially like the best way to describe it is like, uh, Chicken enchiladas as a lasagna. Wow. It's quite intense. Well, because it's like a cream sauce and you do like corn tortillas and then chicken and cream, like this like Southwestern cream sauce. It's got like peppers and whatever. Mm. And then chicken and cheese. And then you do like another layer of tortillas. Yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds very good. It sounds like one of those recipes that everybody's like, Everybody's got an aunt or a grandma who does it like a little bit differently. Right. And everybody's oh, it's like, definitely, oh, you have to add I mean, Fritos it's a casserole. And, so mm. Central Markets was great. The one that's really slaps is there's a place by our house called Food Food. It's like a prepared – they do like sandwiches and like prepared food like – and they have a great one. But I mean food it's – Food food. It's heavy. You know, it's yeah. like everything is like tan or yellow. There's no like vegetables in there. Uh, it is one color. Yeah. You know what I want to do is the, uh, you know, like the the grill queso where you just put a big tin pan and you throw a bunch of cheese, a bunch of like, you could throw brisket or beef and like uh-huh. peppers and onions and you just put it in the, in the Are grill. Are you just saying like queso fundido? No, just like, it's like uh, smoked queso, like versus doing it in like a crock pot. You just put it on the grill. It's all melty. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I've never heard oh. of it. So I've had people do it before. I want to do it myself. Okay. Figure maybe it out. maybe at the next clam bake I do. We'll we'll do uh we'll do a queso. Okay. This is the Mailin Podcast, by the way. If you want to leave a voicemail for us, hit us up at 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at Mailin Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes and follow on Spotify as well. Shall we get right into it, Sally? Yes. Sally. Your hair always looks so good. Not so, today. This is a question, by the way. It's not just me saying it. How do you usually style it for nights out, day to day, etc.? Also, any tips and tricks for other gals with long hair trying to survive another scorching Texas summer? Thanks. By the way, this is a two-part question. I'll get to the next part after you answer that one. Sally, how do you make your hair look so good every day? Well, it looks like shit today. 
Actually, I think you should read the second part because okay. I'm going to talk about the second part. All right, here's well. the second part of the question. So this is just a, se a separate question. So with all this, uh, the skincare and salt spray talk recently, I've got a self-care question for Brett. A while ago, Brett talked about not washing his hair, I guess this is supposed to say frequently. Do you still do this? As someone who works out, does yard work, other sweaty activities pretty frequently throughout the week, my hair gets pretty sweaty. Do you just wash your hair out with water and roll with it? How does this process of not washing your hair that much work? Thank you for the help. Okay, it's funny that this question is being asked because my hair looks terrible today. You look, you look great. Well, that's I appreciate you saying that, but I don't. It's okay. I have talked about this on multiple episodes, but I'm in a weird state of uh, having all of these baby wispies. So last week I got my hair cut. I was here. Right. My hair looked phenomenal. Looks, looks great. And now you're rocking the mom bun. Because my hairstylist had done it. Now I've got the messy bun. The only issue is I just got my hair cut. So it's like at a weird length where like I don't really know. Like my hair is usually longer, so I can usually like wrap my hair around twice and like stick it on top of my head. And right now it's like this weird length where there's layers and shit sticking out. But also I saw some sea salt spray in our house last night. Your your co-host might have might have yeah, gifted th you a, a for present. The gift of texture. <laughs> and uh so last night I washed my hair mm -hmm. in anticipation of going out of town today. And sprayed the sea salt let's go and because of the the <laughs> the whole thing of having a new haircut that's shorter and mm. having frizzy hair already because of my baby hairs and the sea salt spray my hair this morning looked interesting <laughs> and had i had the time because like i'm gonna style my hair later before yeah. we go on the flight um had I had time, I would have actually gotten ready this morning. But the issue was that Will and I kind of both got up late and then we were rushing around. Mm. So all that being said, I very much subscribe to the only wash your hair once a week mm -hmm. method. I, oh. How often are you washing your hair? About once a week. Okay. Yeah. It keeps it uh, natural oils and keeps your hair healthier, especially when my hair gets longer. Mm -hmm. I wash it once a week. It's weird. Like It's kind of counterintuitive. You like, wash it less than you normally would. I wash it less than I normally would when it's lawn because it keeps more of the natural oil in it. Right. And so like washing your hair every day might might make more sense if you're wearing like a hat or like a construction hat or helmet or whatever. Like you're wearing a baseball hat um, and your hair's short because it's just natural. Like you, it's more washing your scalp than anything. But when you have long yeah. hair... You want to keep your hair healthier and washing your hair every single day will dry it out, will right. um, will remove some of the natural oils in it. And so if anything, I'll condition a couple times a week and not shampoo because that keeps the hair. Oh, I don't even get my hair wet. Oh, I, I get it wet. No. Um, because then I like the, because then I dry it and then it has some some texture. It has some yeah. gets like my hair straighted as it is. So it adds some wave to it. It makes it easier to style when i put product in it um so yeah i to answer this guy's question yeah I, I just wash it get it wet with water and then it it makes it easier to style and it's it's healthier for your hair to go once a week so i i became a once a week gal um like pretty early on in life i would say probably at, like since high school mm -hmm. because 
my hair is really, really thick and getting on Accutane when I was in high school. And then again, my late twenties, it like strips you of every oil that you have. So I really didn't wash my hair then because yep. I had like no oil coming from my scalp at all. Um, so it made it easy. I think people were like, how do you do that? Because I'm never going to be in a position where my hair won't look greasy and blah, blah, blah. I, I guess part of it is that I was on Accutane that kind of propelled me into it. But also now I'm in a job the past few years where I wear a scrub cap every day. Sure. So, um, I only wash my hair once a week. Most of the time when I wash my hair, I don't blow dry it. Mm -hmm. Um, I should, cause I like, I read this whole thing about how you're not supposed to sleep on wet hair cause it can like break your hair. Ooh, interesting. Um, and I think you are also really, we should all be like sleeping on silk pillowcases, but again, not doing that. Um, I need, need to invest. But honestly, uh, the person who's the biggest proponent is your girlfriend, Caroline. Really? She literally was like better for your face, better for your hair. She's going to love to hear this. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I keep like meaning to do it, but then I'm like, ugh. It really like counteracts with like my ability to, I've talked about this on other podcasts, slug where you like put aquaphor all over your face. That's uh, not really okay. like, going to mesh well with the silk. Anyway, my routine is basically wash once a week. Normally it's on like a Thursday. Cause like what mm. I think about is like, I'm going to have clean hair for the weekend, yeah. do my hair, whatever. And then the whole like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, if my hair is looking greasy, I'm not really seeing anybody. And mm. most of the time it's in a ponytail or it's in a scrub cap. Gotcha. But I curl my hair. I rarely, rarely blow dry. I do have a Dyson blow dryer for like when things get, I really need to blow dry my hair. Do you have and one it, of those air wraps? I don't have an air wrap and I, I really want to try one. The only issue is that my hair is like, my hair is very, very thick. Mm-hmm. And right now, not as long. It's like a little past my shoulders. But like before I got a cut, I it was like to my waist, which was way too oh, long wow. for me. Um, and my hair holds curl really well. So I'm like worried that Very if I jealous, air wrapped, it would be like <laughs> like Pollyanna curls. I need to try one out and just see how I feel okay. about it. I, Actually, the, the friend that I'm going to see this weekend has one. So I'm probably going to like use it. And see Very it. fun. Okay. But I, I'm pretty low maintenance about my hair. I think I have friends who like blow out their hair with like a roller brush and a blow dryer every single mm. day. I just don't have the patience or like the arm strength for that. <laughs> so I will wash it at night, sleep on it while it's damp because I don't like go straight from the shower to bed. But I try to like towel dry it, let it air dry before I go to bed. Sure. Sleep on it while it's damp. I have like a natural wave. You should have seen it this morning. It was so... It's not like cute wavy. It's like, like gross wavy. Like beach wavy, too, like too much wavy. It's not, but it's not like, it's like kind of wavy and then like gross and frizzy. Uh, There's not like, I couldn't just like be one of those girls who's like, oh, I'm so natural and no makeup. Like I just would look <laughs> like shit. So then I use usually an, in, uh, an inch and a quarter barrel. Okay. My favorite favorite uh curling iron is like a con air i think which is like whatever the, now you're just this is just not my language well that's like it's dirt cheap it's like you Got can it. buy them at target like i used to like subscribe to the like whole method of like we need like expensive like which i do have a dyson and i love it and that is worth mm. it if you're blow drying your hair um which i'm not but i got it as a gift um but use my con air 
curl the I'm never gonna do a hair tutorial. Maybe if I if I ever like I think we have to do a mail in hair tutorial. Well we'll do our routine. I could I could put it on the sal gals feed because I've oh, talked about okay. bringing back the sal gals feed. But basically Let's my go. hairstylist in high school taught me how to curl my hair. But basically you start from the root. Everybody and needs you curl, to watch YouTube for and this. You, leave like an inch section out okay. of the bottom because you don't want it to be like super curled and you curl away from your face. So you curl back uh. and back. And then if you really do want the beachy waves, this is what my current hairstylist does. She like switches. So like Ooh. she'll curl one back and then one forward and one back and one forward. So it looks less like, and then I used to like kind of just leave it, mm -hmm. but now I usually brush them out because I don't want like, really intense curls and then i'll just like leave my hair curled for it, you it holds curls so well that like day two or three i usually can just like walk out the door there you go i'm i'm so jealous of that but all that being said i'm in like a new stage of life where i'm dealing with my hair in a way that i'd never have had to which is like my frizziness is all <laughs> over the place and i'm like not used to like this new hair growth and this morning, literally, Fritz was like grabbing my hair and I was going to say, does Fritz it. just like yanked on it? He thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> so it was really long, and I do like my hair to be long. Like I'm never going to be the person with the mom haircut because my face is like too chubby for that. So, and I have like a really big head, so I can't have like a mom bob. Um, so it's it's more just like figuring out the best way to like get it out of the way. There you go. But I mean, I'm a big high pony proponent. That's mm. great for summer. Always big, messy bun person. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what I. I'm really interested to see how the sea salt spray serves me later when I do my hair. It's I can tell time. that it has like a little more texture. Oh yeah, it's big time. My that so it smells great. Oh, it does. Yeah. It does. And it's it smells like a little. It, you can you can definitely smell the salt in it. But I'll I'll do my my routine real quick for those that don't know. I've I've mentioned this before on the podcast. Uh, shower every day, every morning. Low yeah, dry. I still shower. I just don't get my hair wet because I have so much hair that it's like more of a nuisance to get it wet. So yeah, when I'm yeah, not yeah. washing it, I'm not even getting it wet. No, that, that I I think a lot of girls do something similar, right? Where yeah. it's like body shower in the morning or whatever, yeah, yeah. and then uh, shower, get your hair wet at night or if if at all. Um, but for me, it's shower, sea salt spray when it's wet, towel dry, blow dry, sea salt spray again, and. Uh, product and then the dash of hairspray finish it off yeah and then you're good but with product i use uh like a pomade more uh -huh. like it's like a it's like a a clay i guess you could call it more than like a gel or anything just, just gel in my hair don't don't gel <laughs> but uh but yeah clay and then get you gotta go to the root all through and then figure it out from there but the, the hardest part with me is my hair is so straight that if it's humid at all it's just, it's just like, it like deflates. I'm going to give you the true gift of texture. Oh, really? Okay. Which is Oribe dry texturizing spray. It is you, please. my like holy grail product. I, I use it all the time. It smells so good. I like, I think they actually do make it as a perfume and I kind of want really? it. But it's like, that is, I don't even, I don't, I'm not a big dry shampoo user because mm -hmm. I feel like it makes my scalp itchy and it's like very noticeable when like my hair is like already kind of lighter. It can like make my roots look really like gray and blonde instead of just like looking more natural. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I will do that texturizing spray or the R and co, um, they do actually have a pretty good dry shampoo if you're like careful with it or their trophy spray. Um, trophy spray. Yeah. I think it's called like trophy. I think it's called trophy, but the best one is the dry texturizing spray. I'm going to, it's kind of expensive, but it's going to be, I'm going to get it for you. Thank you. Let's ride. That was 15 minutes on hair. I'd like to give you 15 minutes on Sally. Butcher box. Get cooking this spring, Randy. You too. I'm looking at you with Butcher Box, the best meat on the planet. Butcher Box is the subscription service that delivers high quality meat and seafood right to your doorstep. Choose from a carefully curated section of 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, wild caught seafood, and more. Sally. Do you know that right now, new subscribers of ButcherBox can receive a free grilling bundle in their first order? Wow. What is the grilling bundle? I'll get to that later. But first, I want to talk about how I am grilling up a storm over at the crib. It's the summer of grilling. You might say that. It's the summer of grilling. Inherently, grilling happens in the summer normally. It's true. I got a new pair of tongs the other day. Wow. Went into the store, needed some tongs. Got some because guess what? I am grilling like crazy, doing some scallops on the grill, doing steaks, obviously, doing a lot of burgers, doing some meatballs on the grill. That's a little new thing for me. Um, chicken, I love a good grilled chicken. My uh, Caroline's dad has this awesome marinade that I can't can't quite dial into his level yet, uh-huh. but I'm getting there. Throw some butcher box chicken on there with the marinade oh, to die for. What's your favorite cut of meat this summer? I, I'm actually, I, this is a basic ass answer, but I am very much into grilled chicken summer right mm-hmm. now. Grilled chicken because, summer. Because like you said, we've been either like marinating or like seasoning the shit out of it and then grilling and then uh, honestly right then, but then you have like leftovers because okay. ButcherBox provides you with a lot of meat. Literally, um, literally enough like, meat for a month. Literally just cutting it and tossing it on salads for like the next two days. Yes. Feeling healthy. Need to get more into that, like a grilled chicken salad situation. It's so easy because literally mm-hmm. all you, the meat is so great. And then all you have to do is like throw together maybe some arugula, a couple of vegetables and like toss it on great cold lunch. And mm, you can eat yep. the chicken cold or you can like warm it back up. I personally like love a. A cold grilled chicken. It really makes, like, if you do a couple chicken breasts from ButcherBox, grill them up, slice them up. You can throw them in salads. You can throw them in, like, quesadillas. I'll do, like, a, oh, like yeah. a, late, like a late night, get back from hockey. Don't want to make something, but I'll, I'll have a couple tortillas, some cheese, some onions, peppers, and just grilled chicken. Fritz is, Boom. like, super into the grilled chicken right now. Really? Yeah, because we cut it into, like, little bite sizes and serve it with little cheese. Like a little bean <laughs> cheese board, and he's like loving it. I heard Fritz is also a huge like bean and tortilla guy. Yeah, along with grilled chicken. Well, and so this is the important thing: if it's gonna be a chicken, sounds basic, like I said, mm-hmm. but to make actually good chicken, you gotta let your chicken rest. You gotta seal mm. those juices in. Seal those juices in. I bet you butcher bots. If you seal those juices in, it's even better. Yeah, because it's like quality meat. It's not like. I'm not going to call out a certain brand, but uh, uh, you know what I'm saying. It's not like you're not getting a dry chicken breast. For less than $6 per meal on average, ButcherBox is kicking off your grilling season right. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash mail-in to receive a free grilling bundle in your first order. Are you ready for the grilling bundle, Sally? This is all for free in your first order. You get... 
drum roll please, two 10-ounce ribeyes, wow. five pounds of chicken drumsticks, and a pack of burgers for free. That's like a, you could just have a cookout. That's a cookout. The cookout uh, uh, bundle. Bundle. There you go. That's butcherbox.com slash mail in to claim this deal. Again, two 10-ounce ribeyes, five pounds of chicken drumsticks, and a pack of burgers for free. Butcherbox.com slash mail in to claim this deal. Let's do the next one. Sally, love the podcast. I need your advice though. How do I pare down a wedding guest list? What criteria do you use to decide who should be on your A list and who can be cut? Um, okay, we had to do this because we only we didn't invite very many people. Um and even when we were doing the regular wedding guest list pre like really parsing it down. Sure. My whole criteria was if I, well, okay. So with my parents' friends, okay. our rule was if I haven't met you, you're not coming to the I wedding. Th I think that's a more than fair rule. And I'm sure parents will disagree with that because they're parents just like, get pissed. And that that's like the bulk of it's, it's a difficult balance because most of the time parents are paying for the wedding. Yep. They want to invite people. We had a, I mean, we had a very interesting scenario where my parents were going to pay for it, but it was going to be in Will's hometown. So it was like, we didn't really mm -hmm. feel like we could say no to my parents. And we also didn't feel like we could say no to Will's parents because it was, we couldn't, we were going to like host a wedding in his hometown and be like, can't come. Yeah. But I basically told my parents and Will's parents, like if I haven't met them or Will hasn't met them, they're not coming. Cause mm -hmm. that. Like, I don't need to meet you on my wedding day. Sorry. I think that's more than fair. Right. And again, I think people will disagree. Right. Especially parents. But I think that's a fair, very fair. There's point. so much to be said of like, yes, a lot of times parents are helping, but especially if you're paying for it or paying mm -hmm. for most of it, like, I think you really have the opportunity to cut some people out by being like, I they're not close to me, yeah. you know? Oh, absolutely. Um. Okay. Then by the way, I want to start by saying, like, in my like future wedding, I'm still pipe dream. Like, oh, I have like 200 people on my list, and I like a lot of it comes down to cost, right? Like, every right. for every person, it's whether it's 125 bucks or 175 bucks a head, basically. Mm -hmm. You don't like you don't think about that when you're putting together the list. Oh, until the it's more like, people you add, shit. the more expensive it gets. So oh, yeah. when we, I think when we originally planned, we had about 170. And we're, you know, or like 150 and we're yep. expecting probably 120. Sure. Um, And we ended up inviting 50. And that included like my whole family, which was like 15 people. I was going to say, that's not, a, that's not a small family. Right. So, um, okay. The other thing is my, my other criteria was if I don't want to have a five minute conversation with you, mm -hmm. also you're not invited. Interesting. So college friends, people that weddings that I was in that I didn't talk to very often anymore. I was sure. like, I don't, if I don't want to talk to you on my wedding day and not being like, Oh, I, I hate you. I don't want to talk to you. But like, if I'm not, if I'm going to get pulled aside for five minutes to talk to you, I better be happy to see you and like actually want to catch up with you. Yeah. So again, we had, I mean, it goes quickly because it, Especially if you're like allowing people to have plus ones and stuff like well, that. Well, that's that was my next question. I said I was going to say after we answered this, I was like, "What's your plus one criteria?" I think the plus one criteria, and this was easier for us because I think um, 
by the time that we got married, most of our friends were in couples mm -hmm. and the people that weren't either like were super close friends of mine and I would have allowed them to bring a plus. So my, yeah. my plus one criteria is obviously if someone's married or in a serious relationship, they get a plus one. It's super awkward when people like are in full blown serious relationships and you're like, you're just invited. <laughs> you're like, what? Like, but also yeah. you don't need to let the fringe person who you're not planning like right i've been a, a i've one. been a fringe like at a wedding i went to in march i was very much a fringe like very much got the wedding invite in yeah. like late january i was like oh i got the yeah i got the call up from the bullpen and i didn't get a plus one i was yeah. like that makes that makes sense and and also probably caroline hadn't met any of those people so it's also like do you, do you need to like bring her along you know like does she care yeah yeah i see her. i i would i would have liked her to go but i also see the right like, they don't know her but I, I think that it's nice for like the people in the wedding party to like have the option to bring a plus one. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because the, the whole table is like kind of designed the wedding table right around. Yeah. Like wedding party slash date. So, but I just feel like I maybe this is our, my friend group only. I really, we are not in a place anymore. And we were really never in a place where it was like, I'm just going to ask a random to be my wedding date. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's and happened to me twice. Both times did not go over well. I believe there was a... Molly I was, There was a drug incident, yeah. Uh, another time... I, I can't get into the specifics. The person I brought was not a random, but like was not somebody I was dating. And okay. it just was like, why did I bring you? What This yeah. was dumb. Um so I kind of feel like we've gotten away from that. Like I feel like if, if you were getting married in the early 2000s and like you're thinking about all the like wedding rom-coms you have like yeah. watched, people are like bringing plus ones to weddings that, that are, like have never like they met, met at the hotel the bar last night. or yeah. yeah or like family or whatever and like that's kind of uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um so anyway, uh, my criteria if you've never met them, I yep. think it's okay to not invite them. Except it, with the exception of, and here's where I am like going to defend Caroline's honor here. If they, if, if it's a friend who's been in a really long-term relationship and you haven't met them out of like, um, circumstance, obviously let them bring their significant other along. Agreed. Agreed. But I also think that it's not a trash move to be like, we literally are work friends. I, you know, if you want to come great, but like, yeah. None of us are going to talk to your girlfriend. No offense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, like, I, I totally do. I totally do. I think, I think if you've never met them, or like you, you give your parents like, hey, you guys get, you guys get ten. Like, give me your if you if you need desperately need ten people, like your your boss that I've never met or something like that that you have to invite because he invited you to his daughter's wedding or something right. like that. Okay, you get you get eight. It's or something it's like that. hard because sometimes it is people forget it's a party. Mostly for the parents. It is a party for you. You're getting married. Mm -hmm. But it's easy to get away from like we're celebrating the couple to the parents are throwing a party. Weddings for a long time have been that way. Mm -hmm. The parents the parents of the bride host it and it's easy to be like, this is our shindig. We're going to invite who we want. Totally. That's difficult. Totally. It's And it's going to lead to some fights. <laughs> um, and then friends wise, we cut some people out that I regret um when we did our small one just because mm -hmm. i 
I really try. I tried to draw the line at like, okay, my college best friends and Will's high school like yeah. slash friends forever group mm-hmm. because it was easy to stop there. Totally, totally. Um, and I there were people that I didn't invite because I was like, if I invite that person, we got to invite four other people. Mm-hmm. So I think if you can limit it to that group. My other thing was the two, three people that I didn't invite that I feel bad about, you being included. Hey, I got I got the FaceTime from, the, from the, the wedding FaceTime. bed yeah. at 11 o'clock, so no, nobody else got I also that. knew that my relationship was strong enough with them that I would like survive not being invited to our wedding and that they would understand that it was a really small thing. As as did I. Yeah. So I, the only other opinion I had on this, I think, is like, you kind of mentioned earlier, people like my college roommates, who if I had a wedding at 23, would have been like groomsmen. Right. Who are now I'm like, I haven't, I just, if, through no fault of our own, we just haven't kept in touch. Right. And I don't know where, I almost am like waiting to see if I would be invited to their wedding before right. I would invite them to mine in a way. I, I, that's that's kind of my only other question on this. Is like, how how long do you go back before you're just like, man, we just, we just haven't communicated. And I, I think mean, people think, oh, okay, if I don't invite him to my wedding, we're not, our friendship won't survive this. And if that's the case, then like you probably don't have that great of a friendship. Or they they probably shouldn't go in the first place. Exactly. And like our, I think the older you get and the more weddings you're a part of and you go to, you kind of are like, okay, if they really get this, I, I remember getting really worked up about weddings when I was younger, like post-college. Either I wasn't in somebody's wedding or I didn't get invited and I was like so offended. Sure. And then I'm like, it really doesn't matter. Like if people get offended, that is their problem and not yours. Yeah. So. Yeah. I get it. I totally get it. And like I, I'd even be the person like if I don't get invited to a wedding then I was like, oh, I, I'm pretty sure I thought. I would be in that. Yeah, I'll still, I'll still invite that person to mine. Like I don't, I don't yeah. hold a grudge. Be like, it, maybe it's a size thing. Maybe it's a. I'm never gonna ask and be like, hey, why didn't I get invited to your wedding? Man? Yeah, but ah, but wedding lists. I'm still, I'm still young and naive. So like, I'm like, oh, 200 people. I got like college friends. I got my 200 f- people goes fast, especially when you have a lot of like cousins and so shit like that's, that. So that's so that's my thing. Good. My family alone. If I be, like, if I go as deep as like who who do I see at Christmas every year? I get up into like the '60s, just family. Yeah, Merriman, a lot of lot of strong family breeding in the Merriman clan. Yeah, my dad's one of five. My mom was one of five, and yeah, I mean gets, that was uh, that was our case. Gets up there. It was going to be a lot of people. Let's do the next one. Any advice, guys, or experience for how to handle a best friend who is going through a really shitty period of his own making? Here's the deal: my closest friend in the world and my roommate is going through a really rough patch. He sabotaged his long-term relationship, abruptly quit his job, fairly certain he was let go, by the way, to do, uh, to do an MBA program. That's MBA, not NBA. He was not drafted, uh, which he d- decided to forego and definitely needs to lay off the booze and other substances. He has a strained relationship with his family, so I don't really think I can turn to them. I love him like a brother and want what is best for him, but at this point, I'm not sure he will listen to anything I say. He's in a pretty bad spiral, and I'm just flat out of flat out of ideas for what to do. 
Sorry if this is too heavy for the show. Just looking for advice wherever I can find it. Oh, okay. Help a player out, Sally. So there's like two thoughts here. One, I said this recently. I personally feel like for people to really change and like get control of their life, whether it's at work or their relationship or with their health and stuff like that, it has to be internally motivated. But can it start with an external kick? Like yes and no. Mm -hmm. I think while you're watching this happen, it's really difficult as a friend to watch and support and be there. Probably what he really needs is someone to just like be with him, Mm -hmm. like listen to him, hang out with him, be there in the like shitty parts. Right. I personally like especially if you've already like confronted him being like this is not good you know like you get given up your job and your girlfriend and your whatever and and he hasn't responded to that continuing to press is maybe not the move yeah i feel like that's kind of a push him away except for in this situation where like he's harm to himself right yeah of course of course so that being said like if he's just in a shitty position because he like has done all these things, but he's just like down, et cetera. Sometimes I'm like, you got to just let him work through that by himself and just be present Yep. to help. But if this is a situation where he is going to like hurt himself or hurt others, that's I think absolutely warranted of an intervention. Yep. Um, where you need to like help him seek mental health um, professional, et cetera. All that being said, I, we, I've had friends like this. Mm -hmm. Will's had friends like this uh, where you watch it go on because of shit that's going on in their lives. And really uh, all of the, the people that I know that this has happened to myself included like, and I might have never blown up my life like this, but you know, when you're just in the funk and like something's going on, a lot of times the best thing for me and to for other people is just, like I said, just like help. Like, yeah, be, be sort be of guardrails. Like, hang out with him, even as like daunting and kind of depressing as that seems. Mm-hmm. Like, continue to pick up the phone and call him and say, Do you want to go to lunch? What are you doing on Friday night? Like, do you want to? Yeah get pizza and hang out like just continue to be there to know that so that he knows that you're supporting him you know yeah absolutely just just be there like this this to me feels like there's a lot like he mentions family he mentions relations like there's a lot underneath that that it's kind of like one one thing is leading to another right sort of this domino effect that's being masked by booze and uh, other substances as he put it right so like I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of just like, yeah, you just, just be. Well, and so my other question be, is, like, it sounds there. like he's not. The other thing I would normally suggest is like, one, saying something to him, and I don't know if this person's like talked to him yet, but being like, "Are you yeah. okay?" Like, what, what's you know, what's going on with you? Yeah. Is there anything I can do to help? I'm here. Otherwise, just asking if he's okay, because sometimes if you really don't ask. 
You don't know. And he may be wanting to talk to somebody about it and sure, hasn't yeah. had the opportunity. Or like like kind of a late night, you're having pizza, he's his roommate. Yeah. You're just sitting there watching Sports Center and just be like, hey man, like Is everything you, like okay? what what's going on? Yeah, yeah, you don't have to be pushy. You can be like, if you don't if, tell me to fuck off if you want, right. like, but are you like are you good? And it's okay to say, like, I'm concerned about you. Yeah. I want you to know that I'm here for you no matter what. Right. And that's that's do that without being like you need to lay off this or right. you need to do that. Come with no judgment mm -hmm. and just offer support. But then normally I would say like to when people are in this type of like funk is like consult the girlfriend or consult the family. And yeah. like that sounds like that's really not an option. Yeah. But if you get to the point where you're so worried about him, I think honestly even consulting his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend sounds like over the family to be like hey what happened like what's going on yeah I'm really worried about him because he may listen to reason from someone that's close to him mm -hmm. um it's just picking the right person Agreed. like if it was if it was me i think probably someone would like go talk to my mom mm -hmm. or you know or will or like if will was concerned about me he would go to my mom yeah. or like one of my friends it would be like their sister or whatever so it's just like you have to really, it's hard to know what advice to give because we don't know where on the spectrum this is happening. Sure. But at the same time, like the best thing you can do is to be there, like you said, to be like the guardrail, to like not yep. let him hurt himself. Let him, to let not him, let him get go through fully it. blown off the deep end. Yeah. And if he's going to hurt himself or others, that's where you act as a guardrail. Um, in the meantime, the, the best advice would just be, be there, be there like a, a, a late night, are you okay conversation? Like let him know that you love him. Like you're right. like, hey, I don't know, really like I, whatever's going on outside this this room right now, doesn't matter. Like I, I'm here for you. I love you. I don't care about your ex-girlfriend. I don't care about your family. That's all in the past. Like just be here with me and we're good. I think so. the biggest thing about mental health stuff, like – this guy's clearly probably struggling with depression mm -hmm. is knowing that it's okay that you're feeling the way you're feeling and that other people are going through it. Like when I had a big bout of anxiety, depression while I was in school, mm -hmm. finding out that many of my friends had suffered from that yeah. was like very almost comforting in a way. Cause it didn't like fix the problem, but it made me feel like I was normal and like mm -hmm. I wasn't like losing my mind and like, I kind of grew up in a family that like didn't really take mental health seriously. Of course. Yeah. There's, there's that, the, that line of thinking that's like, Oh, just toughen up buttercup. Exactly. You know? Like smile more. <laughs> like yeah. You need to be tough. Stop crying. And, um, I think it was like one of my friends in school being like, I went to a therapist and got on meds and I was like, okay, maybe I should do that too. Yeah. Um, and the same thing happened when I had postpartum depression, anxiety as well. Like knowing that other people were going through it made me feel more normal mm -hmm. and like that it was a real thing and that I wasn't just like not being tough enough. Right. Totally. So tell your buddy he is not alone. Yeah. You, know, you are not alone. He's not alone. She's not alone. Whoever. That's that's kind of a, the rallying cry. And I totally agree with it. Yeah. Uh, once you do figure everything out and you're back on the up and up, maybe celebrate with a busy, hard seltzer. Sally, are you aware of vibes? I am aware of vibes. The vibes just shifted. 
majorly. Oh, they just shifted big time. Yeah. That's why we're shifting them back with Vizzy, Hard Seltzer. Uh, Randy's familiar with after parties, big time vibes. Sally's familiar with uh, first uh, one-year-old birthday parties, which she crushed. Yeah, thank big you. time vibe. And I, I'm a big like boat golf vibe guy. Yeah, you can find me on a boat with Vizzy, pretty constantly actually. Uh, Vizzy Hard Seltzer is made with antioxidant vitamin C. Which is also a big vibe. Do you know antioxidants are good for your liver, Sally? I mean, yeah. Well, I, well, I am a medical professional, so. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. That's where Vizzy is helping out the first hard seltzer with antioxidant vitamin C and bold and delicious dual fruit flavors. Vizzy hard seltzer passes that vibe check. I'm a huge fan of the new Vizzy mimosas. Have you tried these yet, Sally? I have. They're delightful. Delightful. Uh, I'm rocking with the uh, peach, orange, mimosa, Vizzy hard seltzer. There's also strawberry orange, pineapple orange, and pomegranate orange mimosa flavors, all of which are fantastic. I was doing the Vizzy lemonades on the boat the other day when we were doing a uh, commercial shoot that also can just never go wrong with. Well, the the thing about the Vizzy mimosas is like it's an easy way to start if you're like li looking to like maybe get after a little day drinking. Absolutely. Yep. And you don't want to like go full blown like screwdriver or tequila sunrise. Mm -hmm. You're like, I just need to ease into this. This is yeah. going to be like a nice chill situation. Mm -hmm. And then when you're ready to turn up a little bit, you go to the lemonades. Or you go to the OG flavors. Or you go to the OG. Blueberry pomegranate will always forever hold a place in my heart as the first Vizzy I've tried and still will have any number of them today. Uh, they come in delicious dual fruit flavor combinations. Like we said, there's pineapple mango. You got watermelon strawberry, raspberry tangerine. Just whatever you're feeling, whatever kind of vibe you want, Vizzy has a flavor to match. That's what I love about that. Vizzy hard seltzer passes the vibe check and it is a vibe. To find out where you can purchase Vizzy, go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed to get updates on their latest flavor drops and more. Sign up for their emails at VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. You must be 21 plus to consume. Ready for the next one, Sally? Yes. I recently saw a Reddit post about how someone used their lottery winnings to set up LLCs anonymously in a few different states and wondered, is that the way to go? Would you be able to not tell a soul if you ever won the lottery? How would you be able to be a closet millionaire without anybody noticing? Okay, I think we've talked about this before. Kind of, no? I think I we've, we've kind of, we've just done the straight up like, if you won the lottery, like what would you do? Yeah. But could you handle doing it anonymously? Okay, or have you been? No, <laughs> I wish. Uh, I think you, and personally, I think I could handle it for probably six months. Oh, okay. To maybe a year, knowing that like I was setting up my life in a way that like would protect my generational wealth. But I, I don't think after I had everything set up that I would just keep it secret. Mm-hmm. Like, There's some states actually where you're not allowed to be anonymous. If you win a certain amount of money, I don't know if Texas is one of them, but you have to like go to the the lottery place and hold right. up the big check. Like you have to be right. public. So we've 
if we've talked about this before, I read a really interesting article about one time when like the Mega Millions hit like, you know, nine. It was like yeah, near the billion. It hit a billion. 2016. Yeah, like, I remember I was in college. It was like right around then um, that someone was like, basically what you're supposed to do is not what anybody does. Mm hmm. To be smart is to like claim it on the you you get a team around you you go Correct. hire a, like a lawyer and a financial advisor and like all this team around you and then you set up like basically tax shelters. <laughs> yeah, you, there's there's ways to do it, so it's it's interesting. Um, and you don't claim it until the very like last day mm -hmm. because you set up all of these things like LLCs and you set up a foundation. So this is what I was like reading that you basically set up a foundation so that the money is part of a charitable <laughs> organization so that you don't get taxed on it as much. Correct. And then you if you're going to pay anybody and like put them on your payroll, you employ them through the foundation. Correct. And that's how you pay your, you know, sister millions of dollars a mm -hmm. year to like be a board member of this foundation. Yes. Essentially. Yes. All of that while you're like you know, you've won, but you can't claim any of it until you set all this shit up, which is like a lot of like legal maneuvering. Oh yeah. And some wink wink like accounting. Well, yeah, there's it's nothing illegal. It's just And you know what? I'm not going to feel bad if I ever win the lottery and do that because no, there that's... are billionaires out there <laughs> who are paying like $1 in taxes. So clearly people are getting around the system. Oh yeah. So I I think getting back to the question part of this thing, I could be anonymous up to a certain point of winnings. Right. Like if you say you win like not to, not to be, you know, crass here but like if i won one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a lottery my life isn't going to change like that much i could probably i mean it's going to change and your life is going to be way better but like but like it's if, not like i'm not going to buy a house with that hundreds of millions of Correct. dollars yeah if if i won a hundred million dollars people are going to know about it because you're gonna be like Where, where'd you get the yacht like, yeah where, where'd you get the uh the house on lake austin like oh yeah like see crypto. i actually feel the opposite way i feel like your need to be anonymous increases with the amount. I th the need to. Of I just don't. Th I'd like. I'd be like, hey, you guys want to come over to watch the game? <laughs> You'd be like, yeah. Where do you live? Oh, Riverside Drive. Oh, yeah. That's like, weird. I didn't know Washed Media was doing that well. Uh, I think the. Uh, I, what this Reddit post is probably referring to is mm -hmm. whoever set up all these like random LLCs, etc., is like basically protecting his money for later generations and yeah. that is a very unselfish smart thing to do um do i Wait, personally believe oh, oh okay you said unselfish unselfish okay. like you're basically leaving a nest egg in different states for probably your family um mm -hmm. would i do that no i i can't keep a secret so like <laughs> i would i would keep a secret out of necessity and not because yeah, I would. But like, if I win the lottery, I'm not screaming it from the rooftops. I'm not screaming it from the rooftops. So I don't want like people suing it. me for yeah. like. But like, let me just say, if I win the lottery, like, Wash Media is not going to exist anymore because <laughs> I don't want people coming at us being like, "You said this," like we're done. If you win the lottery, this podcast is over. Is what this you're saying? This podcast is done. <laughs> I'm buying Wash Media, and we're all you know, going to go live in the South of France or something. I Ooh. don't know. Marseille. Randy, 
you feeling good about getting in the ground floor of my lottery winnings? Yeah, you'll still get a cut. Uh, I, yeah. I don't think I can keep it a secret though. I think I can keep, keep it a secret as long as it takes for like, my life to be set up in a good way. Yeah, that's that's very much fair. I've, but I would never win the lottery and just never tell anybody. No, I, I'd like to think I wouldn't tell, like you'd just kind of find out about it. Like if I was just, Well, you I'm know. not going to go like tweet it. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I'm saying like you would, if you asked me, you're just like, hey, like that car's pretty nice or like that house yeah. you just bought. I'd be like, yeah, then, you know, something happened in my life. That yeah. I wouldn't No, that... You would buy wash me and be like, we got bought. That's the, like that's the thing though. How cool is it to have a job that you wouldn't quit if you won the lottery? I do. Things would change a little bit, but yeah, I'd I'd, I'd still come in and sell ads. If I won, <laughs> if I won the lottery, I would buy wash media, and then every podcast. Would no, be you know what we do, Sally? To like talking about how great I am. <laughs> just kidding. no, 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 no. You know that's what we do? Narcissistic move. Is this is also gonna be a narcissistic podcast, but. We win the lottery, and then you have a podcast of like the step, like here's what we're here's the steps we're taking, how how to win how to win the lottery we call it. It's like it's like the startup podcast, but for winning the lottery. It's just it's just a podcast about spending money. That's all. <laughs> basically what this podcast is. I'm anyway, sure that, that that would be super relatable oh to God. all the other people lottery would, winners out hate, there. People would hate that. There is there is I'm sure like an angle where you can talk about how people go bankrupt winning the lottery. Like you know how many stories out there people yeah. were like. Two million dollars and go bankrupt in two years because they buy like a one point nine million dollar house. Yeah, you gotta. I I know that I'm not super smart, so I need other people that are smart around me to tell me what to do. You know. I yeah. I just think a lot of the time the people that win the lottery are not exactly the people that uh, are the are the smartest. Put it that way. Yeah. Let's do the next one. Hey, mail in. After 24 years of living in my hometown slash state, I am finally moving at the beginning of August to Austin from Seattle. Shouts. My question to you is what should I do for those closest to me before I actually move as a sign of appreciation? While I'm extremely excited to be moving going out on my own, I do feel bad for leaving my friends and family back home as we are very close. I especially wanted to do something special for my mom and my brother, who are a huge part of my life and are a massive part of developing me into who I am today. This is really sweet. It is. Um, and <laughs> it's thoughtful. Because like, most people, I feel like, would just like move and not care. Yeah. No, I, I think the, the quick answer here is like, do like a... Like throw yourself a party. I don't know. Like you have a going away party. You just you make sure everybody knows how appreciated they are for, right. for developing you into the person you are today. Exactly. Whether it's like a letter, a charcuterie board, in Sally's case, maybe a cutting board or a yeah. pizza stone with your initials engraved into that. Um, I think another, I mean, like you said, like a going away party or if you really are like, close to these people, like taking them out to dinner by themselves mm -hmm. to like express your gratitude and thanks. But even for like his mom and brother, I think like if he can swing it, like a really nice thing to do would be to like invite them and maybe help pay for them to come to Austin. Yeah, come visit. visit him. Mm -hmm. I like like that. hey, I plan this weekend, come, we'll like do a whole weekend of stuff in Austin go. in my new town. Um 
and what I was saying earlier, it's not that like no one would think about this, but that's so sweet for him to, is it him, her? Uh, I believe it's him. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess this I don't person. really know. This person. It's so sweet of this person to like credit others mm-hmm. with his or her upbringing and like success. Yeah. And to realize that like, I I think part of me wants to say like, you're not leaving these people behind. Like you're okay. And like growing up and moving just because you're leaving your hometown doesn't mean that you're like leaving everybody in the dust. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to go on with their lives and still be successful yeah, and happy as well. Very much not like it used to be. Right. Where it's like, I'm hitting, I'm hitting town. Sally, yeah. I'm, I'm going to live my life. But no. I, I think FaceTime them. taking people out to like individual, you know, situations like going to get a drink or going to get dinner or whatever and like having a little heart to heart thanking them is nice yeah i think inviting your mom and brother out to austin or on the flip side being like i already have plans to come home this weekend so that i can see y'all sure um so that you know that like they're on your mind i think a nice um maybe a framed photo of of you and your mom or you and your brother like that they can you know, like parents love that stuff. Yeah. And especially when you get it for them. Par- parents love getting sentimental things, I think, yeah. more than they let on. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's, it's a fr- like your mom would love a framed photo. Your brother would love like, I'm just thinking like dumb like dumb stuff. Like if you want to give him like a sleeve of golf balls with your nickname for him on it. Just like soup, like a little knickknacks or mementos of inside jokes that you've built up over the years. Yeah. And, and something that every time he sees, he'll think of you or right. like, you know, you take him to Longhorn Steakhouse because it's his favorite thing. And you Like whatever you guys have joked about for, for 24 years, like every time he sees something like that, still he'll remember you or he'll be reminded of you. And Make like a special memory with him, yeah. you know, like go to a baseball game or like yeah, go if, on a if, road trip before you leave or right. whatever. Go to a Mariners game, like take him to a Mariners game or yeah. uh uh, Seahawks or whatever, you know, kind of stuff like that. I think uh, you're already in the right place, though. You're I, already way ahead of the game for being selfless and thinking of your friends and family. There you go. Um, do you want to do the last one or do you want to do a shower thought? Because I have a shower thought. Uh, it's up to you. Let's do the last one quick because I think there's a quick answer. Okay. Brett and Sally, I am moving to New York City at the end of June. Congrats. Although I am very excited, there's one thing that I'm really struggling with. I grew up in a suburb of New York, and everyone I graduated high school with moved into the city after they graduated college. When I was done with college, uh, done, not graduated. <laughs> That's very, I, I like that. Yeah. Uh, I moved to Maine. I love living in Maine, and I think one of the biggest reasons is just that it's different than whatever one else did. I felt unique, even cool, for living in Maine for four years. I'm trying to grapple with the idea of just becoming like everyone else. Wondering if you two have any experience with this. A couple factors that might affect your opinions. The first, I'm not changing careers. I work totally remote, and my company has no problem with me moving. They will actually give me a raise to account for the cost of living. The second is that I'm very much moving to be with the girl that I love. Any help is appreciated. Love you guys. Daw. Uh, you're not like everyone else because you're you. 
you're you and it's New York. It's like you can make it as much of a bubble or literally never see anybody you know ever again. Like, right. Say you move to Brooklyn and your buddy from high school lives in the Upper East Side. That's basically like living in Boston versus wherever you live in Maine. Like, yeah. it, it, it's an hour to get there or 45 minutes. Like, yeah. It, New York can be as big or as small as you make it. It can be the loneliest city in the world if you don't know anybody there because everybody's on like head down, phone in their face, doesn't give a fuck about you, not going to say hi at Whole Foods. Or you can try to hang out with your buddies every weekend at Gem Saloon and get the grilled cheese and drink a bunch of beers with Sean. But it's New York is exactly whatever you want to make it, you can make it. And that's one of the best things about that city and why I loved it. And similar to to this guy here, a lot of like growing up in Saratoga, a lot of people, you know, end up destined for New York because it's the big city, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but unless you make an effort to to make it your high school again, it, it won't be. Right. It's just it's it's too big. There's too many neighborhoods. There's too many things going on, and you're moving in with your significant other, or or at least near. Like it's going to be your it's going to be your relationship. It's not going to be high school. I think this is totally applies to a multitude of other cities. I mean, I think. Sure. I mean, Austin, probably same as you with Georgetown. Like we were in a suburb. A lot of my friends moved to Houston or Dallas or Austin, or like, I think the same can be said as like, if you grew up in Michigan, like Will, like Mm -hmm. everyone relocated to Chicago because that was like the big, you can, like you said, you can hang out with people there or you can make it your own thing, make your own friends. And you're not, you're not just like doing what everyone else does because it's not like, it's not like New York or Austin or something or like the most like original thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's a huge city full of multicultural, like tons of things to do. So I don't know. I don't want, I feel like He's almost like looking at this as like a uh, like I'm moving to New York and that's like not super interesting. He, but like almost, New York is so full of like a billion different things to do. Like it's not like you're just copying and being like, oh, I like I'm moving to New York. I'm like, cool, way to go. Yeah, he's like he's almost expect he's like living his future life through the lens of somebody else's Instagram. Right. It's like doesn't it doesn't have to be like that, man. Yeah. You, you can you can do. You can make New York whatever you want to make it, and that's you know I, I said this, but that like that's why I love New York and love yeah. Manhattan. Like I lived there for three years, I was kind of ready to to get out of there. Yeah, but I I always relish the opportunity to go back because I I love the city that much. But yeah, I don't think you need to be worried about that. Like, what's the imposter syndrome is a, is a thing. It's like yeah, whether you are like believe in the life you're living kind of you just like am i really doing this the way i want to do it or am i really like i i'm butchering this definition but you know what i mean like you don't have to have imposter syndrome in new york because it's it's just different it's like everybody's different you can make it like high school he says he lives uh, grew up in a suburb of new york i'm guessing either long island or new jersey like a lot of people are there you'll run into people you'll you'll bump into people at bars restaurants or whatever but and also, like, don't feel bad if if you don't want to hang out with your high school friends and don't want to be, like, part of this group that just, like, all relocated to New York. But also don't feel bad for wanting to hang out with your high school friends. Like, sure, big yeah. cities can be, like you said, really lonely. So, like, hanging out with the group that you grew up with is not, a, like, 
it doesn't make you any less special because you're not doing something so out of the norm. Yeah. And I, I'll argue this. He says he's grappling with the idea of becoming like everyone else. Ready for this, Sally? Ready for this cliche little uh, quip here? I, I'd argue that moving to New York will tell you more about yourself. Yeah. Than, than, le- than, than like sanding off your unique edges. It will carve you up more. Exactly. How about that for a uh, a deep little thing to end the podcast? Wow. Was that your shower thought? No, my shower thought is how everybody's short. And what I mean by that is like, if you walked by Kim, <laughs> Randy flipped me off. If you walked by, like if Kim Kardashian walked by you, she's like 5'3", isn't no, she? No, she's like 5'1". Five 5'1". One. Five one. She's tiny. Carrie Underwood, like 5'3". Also, I think 5'1". People are so short in Hollywood that okay, you, okay. and not not that I'm like six five, I'm six one, but I, I think it would be stunning to walk by like Tom Cruise in person. It'd just be like, oh my God, what is what is everybody so short for? Okay. Well, you should have clarified that you were talking about people in all. Oh, that that's what I mean. <laughs> I like every, every, everybody's so everybody's short. Everybody's short. I'm I sorry. Like, I, I, I stand my short dude. kings and queens, but I just think it's funny how Hollywood is just aggressively short. And maybe that's just because we see them on TV a lot. And there's just a lot of people that are 5'1", 5'2". Yeah. And like I said, I stand my short kings and queens. But I think it'd be jarring to walk by like Zac Efron. Yeah. Or you you name it, A-list Hollywood act. Like Tom Holland. It's funny because... Timothy Chalamet is 150 pounds. The people who are tall like look even that much taller. Like Vince Vaughn or like Bill Hader. All those people Mm -hmm. like look enormous compared to everyone else because they i mean i think vince vaughn is like what like six five or yeah, something. he's, like, five. he's, he's actually deal. like huge yeah. but like people who are just like normal like six foot tall like look enormous i just meaning like ariana grande in person yeah she's teeny tiny be like like i don't want to hurt you yeah shaking your hand that's my sh- that's my shower that's your thought. shower thought Liter- literal shower thought i had okay. like not just making something up i had that in the shower this morning after I'd watched like an Instagram video of, of uh, it was Carrie Underwood, like walking into a, a set to do some interview. I was like, oh my God, she is so short. Yeah. Let me see. Let me see. Carrie. I, I mean, my default. Five, is three. Like, okay. You were right. I said five, one. They keep telling us like Fritz is like in the fifth percentile of height, and they're always like, "It's gonna be okay." I'm like, "With I'm babies, not very though, it's concerned. just like, yeah." I was in the fifth percentile in height and like ninety fifth percentile in weight for like <laughs> till I was like eighteen. <laughs> I was just like a short butterball. Yeah, I I always get mad at those charts because they were always like, "Oh yeah, you're you're rocking six three one ninety five." I was on like the that part of the curve, and because I had a kidney disease growing up. I was severely lacking in, in protein in my mm-hmm. diet because I, I couldn't eat meat. Yeah. Um, so I think my lack of meat intake in my formative years taught me out at 6-1 versus or the 6-3 also, I was like, supposed to. Those charts are kind of bullshit. That's what I'm I'm telling myself that, Sally. Well, but the charts the charts aren't really to like be like, you're going to be in the fifth percentile when you're older. It's more to track your growth. So like mm-hmm. if you were in the fifth percentile or – Sorry, in the 90th percentile, and then you drop down. They're like, well, this is a little concerning. <laughs> but, like, they mostly just want to see that you're staying on your curve. Were you the person in high school or, excuse me, in, like, elementary school 
Like, did you have the friend who shot up and they were like five nine as a fifth grader? Yeah. And then they were five nine as a sophomore in high school. What's funny is like now I'm five four and I'm at very average height, but like mm-hmm. w- one of the taller of my friends. Because oh, yeah. a lot of my like I have several girlfriends who are like five two. So like when you, you know, line up for wedding pictures, like I'm always on the like other end. I have a couple of friends that are like five six or five seven, but like most of my friends are very short. Mm-hmm. So it's I'm like on the taller side. Whereas in high school, I was like, and especially middle school, I was short. So I was like the, like I was the flyer and I was, you know, I was always like the person who was like small and tiny. And now I have friends who are tiny. So I'm like just average regular lady. (laughs) Average regular lady. We're just average regular people doing podcasts, Sally, uh, which will be canceled if you win the lottery. Yeah. No, no more. Good to know. Good to know. That'll do it. Uh, anything else before we jump out of here, Sal? I think that's it. I think that's it. Randy, thank you for being behind on the ones that do. Sally, thank you for jumping in. Where can the folks find you? Sally DeFreeze on Instagram and Twitter. I am Brad Merriman at Schmerriman on both Instagram and Twitter as well. Subscribe, rate five stars, review, tell a friend about the mail, and hit the hotline number 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6262. Four or five, or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at Mail and Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.